Welcome aboard to episode number 33 of Messing About in Ships for January 31st, 2009. This week we have a great discussion about an American family-owned business that builds some of the most beautiful yachts that sail the seven seas, and then we have some great pod-safe music for you. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 33 of Messing About in Ships. I'm Peter Mello from Sea Fever Consulting, and my podcasting partner is Captain John Conrad from gcaptain.com. Well, John's on shore leave this week, so he left the con with me. And yesterday, I had an opportunity to have a great conversation with Rich Lazar. He's the Vice President of Marketing at Lazar Yachts. They're located in Tampa, Florida, and they produce the most amazing, the most beautiful power yachts that are sailing today. Not only that, the level of service that they provide to their owners is unparalleled in the industry. So I had a great time talking to Rich. It's a great American success story. Three generations of Lazara have been involved in the company and uh, over 50 years. So um, no better way to learn about it than directly from Rich himself. you and what exactly do you do? My name is Rich Lazara, Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Lazara Yachts, and we build motor yachts from 60 to 130 feet in Tampa, Florida. Wow, Tampa, Florida. And what's going on in Tampa, Florida this weekend? This weekend, we've got a pretty well-known event, the Super Bowl, so it should be, should be big. The whole world's looking at Tampa this weekend, and it should be a great event. Um, but from our standpoint, you know, we're we think every day is a great event down here. We're building lots of yachts. Um, we've got 400 employees, and it's just something that uh, my grandfather started um, decades ago, and it's a family business. There's six Lazeras currently involved, and um, it's something that's a passion and something that we've been doing for, for quite a while. Great. Can you take us for a little bit of a history tour? Sure. Um, you know, my grandfather... Uh, got us involved in the business, and um, he was from Chicago. Uh, his father 
who's from Sicily, but uh, my my grandfather is from Chicago, and uh, his background uh, as a chemical engineer um, got him involved with uh, two gentlemen that were located out in California that were experimenting and starting to introduce fiberglass into the boating segment. My grandfather, having been a boater his whole life, um, was interested and drawn to that new technology and the opportunities to be able to have that technology pulled into larger yachts and sailboats again at this time up there in Chicago he was sailing. So he, along with those two guys, developed the first large fiberglass sailboat in the United States, and it was a 40-footer, and it was called the Bounty 2, and that really led to uh, Columbia Yachts, which is a well-known yachting company over the years, um, was actually named after America's Cup sailing vessel that had won. But uh, my grandfather brought the Bounty 2 back to Chicago and the lake, and, and um, again, he originally set out to just do it for himself and, and develop a sailboat, but uh, when it was brought there and people saw it and, and inquired about it, um, he realized he could actually make more and sell more. So that's really how he got involved in building sailboats and, and um, how Columbia grew to be one of the largest manufacturers of sailboats in the world, and this was in the early 50s. Um, from there, he actually sold the company, um, and in selling it, signed a non-compete clause, so he had to stay out of the sailboat manufacturing business um, for quite a while, and in turn took that fiberglass technology and went into the houseboats, um, hmm. started a company called Sea Rover, and um, Sea Rover was throughout the 60s and into the early 70s, um, and once the non-compete clause was up, after uh, I believe it was 15 years, he um, went back to his passion, which was sailboats. Sold Sea Rover and started back up a sailboat company called Golf Star, which is probably um, one of the most well-known sailing companies in the world. And uh, that's probably where our, our our name really made its most impact. The Lazera family on the uh, boating world with the Golf Star sailboats. Um, starting in the early 70s. And uh, he and my dad and my uncle at the time joined, and um, the, the three of them, for uh, almost 20 years, produced sailboats with under the name Gulf Star until the early 90s when my grandfather retired and my father and uncle changed the name of the company to our namesake, Lazera Yachts. And uh, around that time, um, started building contemporary motor yachts, which represent what we do today. We're building a contemporary motor yacht, uh, again, from 60 to 130 feet. And uh, since then, the third generation has gotten involved in the business. Um, myself, uh, my brother Joe's in product development. My brother Tony's vice president of customer support. Uh, my cousin Steve is in our accounting department. So it's a family business. Um, with about 400 employees and something that, uh, again, my grandfather started basically on a passion and a desire to develop something new for himself, which has now turned into a family business some 50-plus years later. Amazing. And um, when did you all move to Florida? Um, when did the, the business move yeah, to Florida? My grandfather, um, when he sold Columbia and 
he was going to retire. And, and um, so he came down, brought the family down, actually, to the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. And, and on his way, driving back north, they went around and came back up the other coast and stopped in St. Petersburg. And St. Petersburg, which is uh, just west of Tampa, and it's part of the greater Tampa Bay area, but St. Petersburg was where he decided to make his home. Um, he loved the land, loved the water, and um, decided that that's where he was going to move the family. And so when he moved everyone here, that's when he started the Sea Rover houseboat company in this area. And that's um, subsequently where our family um, started building boats down in the St. Pete area and then in uh, recent years or maybe 15, 20 years ago, moved it to Tampa, Florida, um, where we had bigger facility and direct access to the water to be able to launch the larger boats. Now, how would you tell us a little bit about what your physical plants there in uh, Tampa? How how many, you know how big is the yard, and what could we what would we see if we went down there yeah. and visited you? You know, one, the uh, the property is twenty two acres, and on that property we have um, three hundred thousand square feet of metal building sheds in which we build the product in. One of the things that we focus on is horizontal integration of our construction techniques. So, for instance, what is that? We build a lot of things in modules and then place them into the product, whether it's our 68, our 75, our 116. The production flow is such that it's fed from one end of the line to the other. So there's movement of the product as it goes through the production facility. But one of the the um, things that we really impress on our on our staff here is cleanliness. And that's something that um, if you were to come to the factory, you'd notice we paint all the floors a bright white. And um, one of the things that when people come here, they're really um, taken back by is just the overall cleanliness of this boat manufacturer. I mean, typically, if you go to boat yards, they um, tend to be a little dirty, a um, little disarray. Of course, the smell of fiberglass is in the air always. But but here we wanted to take a different approach and really focus on assembling the product in the most efficient way, assembling it with the highest quality. And again, our philosophy is that in order to do that, the facility has to then have those characteristics as well. So everything is centrally fed from our shipping receiving facility and then fed, um, again, not having the luxury of being able to see it, but then fed to the other line buildings that are surrounded around it. And each building has its own boat being built in it. And, for instance, building number one would have our LSX line built in it. Building number two would have our motor yacht line built in it. So as the products come in to be put in those boats, they're fed from the shipping receiving inventory into those two buildings, which then flow towards the water um, where we launch the boats. You know, I think another thing that, that you would see is early on we recognized that you know, we're selling multi-million dollar yachts, and one of the things that we want people to understand is that we're a family business, our heritage is Italian, and when people come to buy product, we don't want them to feel as if they're coming to a stale and stiff office. So you'll see a lot of Italian 
decor. And uh, in fact, when you pull up front, you pull up to an Italian villa. And in that villa, we have a, a kitchen and a dining room. And it's not set up like an office. It's more set up like a house so that when we have clients here, whether or not they're just looking to purchase or if they already have and they're here to pick out their interior design stuff, Again, it's like coming to a, a home, not so much coming to a stale manufacturing facility. So oh, we combine this Italian villa homely look with a state-of-the-art modern facility. That, and, um, you know, the two combined really give a uh, spectacular presentation when, you, when you're here. Great. You know, any any Missing About in Ships listeners who don't have the opportunity to actually make it to Tampa, you can uh, you can take a nice tour on uh, on YouTube. You've got some videos up there of uh, of a, a tour, and um, I think you use social media quite a bit. But um, tell us a little bit about that video. Yeah. Do, do you kn- go ahead? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, in our business, in our industry, we're selling to a clientele that's located all over the world, but. More importantly, unlike um, a car dealer or unlike another retail industry, your your buyer just can't go down to the local store and, and gain access to see the product. Um, and more importantly, if he's looking at two or three competing products, that's nearly impossible to find at one location. So utilizing the, the Internet to disseminate this information becomes hypercritical for an industry like ours where outside of boat shows, and even there, boat shows don't have all the product, but boat shows have a lot of product. But outside of that, there's just no one central point or easy access to be able to view the product. So the use of um, things like YouTube and websites and social media, which maybe we'll talk about later, um, are important tools for us getting out information. And, you know, on our YouTube channel, we have videos of, the uh, manufacturing facility, as you mentioned, which was actually done by uh, a tour was given by Ken Chrysler when he was with Power and Motor Yacht Magazine. He actually did a nice two-piece tour of the facility. Um, but there's also, you know, running video and there's interviews with um, our technical director. Recently, we added in um, interior tours of the product. Again, it's utilizing video. Our, obviously, our product is very visual, and um, when people buy yachts, that's one of the things that they're certainly looking at. But more importantly is we can give people an access or an inside view to our facility and uh, some of the programs that we have um, without them having to literally come here. And so YouTube is just one of the tools that we use to do that. Yeah. And I, I encourage anybody to go over there and view them. And um, I thought you have uh, a great heritage video up there too about the company, and um, it, I think it really says a lot about the company. And and uh, I, I thought that was a great piece, so I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, we did. Uh, thank you. Um, we did that not too long ago, and we did a four-part series, really. And um, one of them videos is history. The other one is manufacturing. Third one is design, product design. And the fourth one is support. And they're kind of the four pillars of our, our company and foundational um, groundwork of, of what makes Lazera different than the other product that's out there. So getting those, those basic foundational tenants down, the history, 
um, the product, the manufacturing, and the uh, support were something that we created for three-minute videos on. And it gives a person a kind of a baseline overview of who was there is and what are we what are we about. And uh, it's just a nice way. Videos of, of great um, media to be able to get that information out there. Again, you know, you have salesmen who talk with clients, and one salesman might talk about the history while the next guy he's talking about the features and benefits of the product and the next guy might talk about the support that we offer so instead of having the salesman make the presentation to the clients we allow the clients then to use something as uh, like YouTube or, or video or our website to be able to get the information that they want and um, it's presented in a consistent and concise manner each time what is your um, you, the URL of your website so people can find it? URL is lazarayachts.com, L-A-Z-Z-A-R-A-Y-A-C-H-T-S.com, lazarayachts.com. And we have a, a whole host of things that you can view on the website. Um, obviously, when people are looking for boats, they're looking primarily first for pictures, interior and exterior, and then they want, you know, to look at some of these videos. Um, we also have a blog that we maintain, which is accessible through lazariots.com, down the right-hand side of the stuff, the YouTube channel and, and some of the um, other Facebook and Twitter and some of the other social media things are all kept on the blog. So it just depends on the information that somebody's interested in, but it's all there, like lazariots.com. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely people should check it out. Some amazing photographs and videos, and it's just, it's good. It tells, it does a good job of telling the story. Um, tell us a little bit about what sets you guys, uh, your boats apart from maybe some other people's out there that, uh, if we were considering buying a boat at this, uh, at the end of the spectrum, what's, what sets Lazaro Yachts apart? Yeah. Clearly, um, there's going to be a handful of, of things. I mean, when people are looking at yachts, um, Let's face it, they're all big and they're all expensive and, and nice and pretty. But I think the primary reason people buy our product, number one, and we know this from what they tell us, is number one, the look of the boat. Um, when people approach the product and see it, they're either attracted to that styling and that design or they're not. And I think one of the things that sets Lazara apart is our unique styling. So that would be first and foremost, whether it's the new LSX-92 or our... Um, was there a motor yacht 116? Um, this exterior styling of the product is what's going to be an attraction first and foremost to a client. Um, number two, we are told by our clients is that when they go on the boat, it's the initial presentation of the quality of the interior from a standpoint of the woodwork and the intricate details um, in addition to the space planning and the layout. So foot for foot, the volume that's in our product is going to be something that's better than our competitors and something that when people look at our product, they're comparing to brand X or brand Y, they're going to notice a difference. The amount of volume we're able to get, um, you know, all things being equal in length, the amount of volume we're able to get from space planning is superior. Um, third thing that, that we're told is support of the product. Look, these are boats and um, they're always going to have some challenges to them and it's not whether or not the boat 
is going to have problems or not. Um, there's going to be small problems on all boats. But it's how quickly can you react and take care of those issues. And our industry is notoriously um, not good at customer support. Um, it's something that you would think you're buying a multi-million dollar product and, and the support would be commensurate with it. And it's um, an embarrassment as an industry as a whole that it's not. Hmm. So when um, we, about 15, 16 years ago, when we started looking at a new contemporary motor yacht design and really started saying, what are some of the things that um, we can change about the product? And we made those changes. The other thought pattern was, well, what are some things that we can change about the industry and about how we do business? And the support and the customer support was a key idea that we had in terms of let's completely revolutionize it and be so proactive in support and really take that whole aspect of our industry um, and bring it up a notch. And we've done that. And when people come to Lazera, whether it be captains, of course, because they're actively involved in the purchase, um, or owners, and they've talked to other owners or they've talked to dock masters or they've talked to other people in the industry, one of the things that they always say without fail is, we've heard your support is really wonderful, and that's one of the reasons we're here. Obviously, they're attracted to the exterior of the boat. They've seen the inside of the boat, and and uh, the other reason being the support. So those would be three main things. And I think the fourth is the innovation that we continually push in the product. Um, you know, whether it's introducing sky lounges into the marketplace, which we did uh, almost 10 years ago, or whether it's this new LSX product that we've developed, which is the first motor yacht to employ the IPS drives, which are pod drives, for those that don't know. Um, that system had never been used on a motor yacht, and so we brought those into a motor yacht, which makes it 30% um, more efficient, quieter, um, more space, living space, because the engine room is a lot smaller with those units. But it's just pushing the technology of the product forward. So those will be the four areas, exterior design, the interior fit and finish and layout, the customer support, and then um, lastly, the innovation in the product that would separate us from everybody else. And then lastly, you know, it's built in the USA, and I think that still has value to some people. And if nothing else, it, um, you know, is a reminder that they can get support issues from a company that's based here in the United States. Definitely. So um, let's just talk about customer support a bit, um, and tell us a little bit about La, the Lazara Yacht University. What's what's that all about? Yeah, well, customer support, um, we have a full circle program, and I think the basis of it starts with Lazara Yacht University. And once a client becomes an owner, um, during the construction of their boat, which can take anywhere from six months to ten months based on the length of the boat, they, along with their captain, come to a mandatory three-day course. And the course usually takes place about six to eight weeks prior to their boat being done. And the things that we're going to introduce them to at the university, which takes place right here at our facility in Tampa, Florida, um, we're going to introduce them to the systems on that boat, teach them how to operate the systems on that boat, um, teach them how to maintain their boat, show them where all the electrical um, panels and, and um, pumps 
and um, all the information behind all of the pretty walls and all of the nice things, they'll be able to actually walk out onto the boat as it's being built and see where all this equipment is going to be. And then as well as obviously learn how to um, use the electronics, the navigation electronics on their boat. And this three-day course, which is really an indoctrination program, is the beginning of our, our support for them. So the philosophy that we have, again, is educating the buyer and educating the captain because um, there's really two two clients for us when we're talking about boats of this size. Almost all of them are captain and crewed. So we want to educate both the owner and the captain. Um, when they take delivery of the boat, now they've had this three-day course. So what typically happens, believe it or not, in our industry is they would just be given the keys and that's it, more or less. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to they're gonna get on the boat cold and somebody might walk them through and show some stuff, but so they might not. And so... We have this course prior to delivery, so now we take the or they take delivery, and we send our corporate captain with them for three days. Again, he's there to reinforce what was taught in the school, and our belief is that the initial incidents um, go down because they do. It's not our belief; we've proven that that the initial um, problems or challenges that a new crew or a new owner might have go down because they've been educated about the boat. Obviously, the apprehension to get on a, a mega yacht, um, you've taken away that by introducing them to the boat earlier in the process. So now that they're on the boat and they're, our corporate captain is with them three days, um, they're able to actually use the boat in real-world circumstances with our the captain there, and that helps ease the transition of ownership. And then um, once that's done, we're still one of the only manufacturers, if not the only manufacturer, that all support calls come directly to the manufacturing facility. Um, mm. Just a, a brief overview of our industry. Most of, of our industry is, sells product through dealer network. <clears throat> and so you buy a boat from your local dealer if you've got a problem you'll go to that local dealer who will in turn diagnose the problem and then he talks to the manufacturer to get the parts and the manufacturer then says, yes, we'll uh, warranty it or no, we won't. And then they send the parts and then the dealer works on the boat. So you've got this disconnect between the owner and the manufacturing facility. Um, and that's the way manufacturers have wanted it. And, and they want their dealer to deal with the warranty issues. Uh, on our hand, on our side, the way we set up our business is we sell direct. And so the customer, the captain in this case, calls us for all warranty issues, any problem. It doesn't matter if he's got a problem with his refrigerator. It's a sub-zero issue. He's still going to call with their yachts because we're going to then log it, we're going to track it, and we're going to then send out the technician um, to work on the product. We want all of those issues to come through us so that we can then filter out the most efficiently the technicians to do it. And so that system in and of itself is, is very unique. Um, what are some of the advantages of that? Number one, for the client, he's only got one person to contact. Um, number two, he's going to get priority service over him just calling himself because obviously people that are doing business with us, our um, suppliers, know that 
they've got a whole fleet to support, not just one guy calling. So the priority is there to service our product because they're dealing with the company and not just an individual. Um, for us, though, as a manufacturer, geez, we get a direct line of how our product is performing in the field. And so we take that data of all of the service calls that come in every month, and we produce a warranty report. And then that warranty report is distributed right to the guys on the line. Mm. Um, we do it via um, video, we do it via slides, and we do it via an intranet, which our guys can access and get the latest pictures. Um, all of our field techs are um, given digital cameras, and each night they'll upload the photos from that day of things that they've found out in the field to be problems. Those photos are kept in this warranty report, which can be accessed multiple ways. I mentioned the intranet. And uh, our staff, the guys literally out on the floor who are building the boats, have access to that. And so what's that do? It cuts down the feedback time so that on the next boat, you know, you're not duplicating that issue um, or you're building better product. And that feedback loop every 30 days is something that's nearly impossible to duplicate if you're selling through dealers because there's that yeah. insulation between the client and the manufacturer. So that's kind of during the build process, or excuse me, during the ownership process, how support really steps up and um, interacts with the uh, client. That's great. Um, and then I noticed on your website you have a program C Check. Um, yeah. What's that? So the C Check program is revolutionary, and there's still nobody doing it. And um, the genesis of that was really from the aircraft industry. How do we create a preventative maintenance program? You know, instead of you go to the boat and you find out something's not working and you've ruined your whole week plan with your family, how do we get ahead of the game and get involved in preventative maintenance? And that's the genesis of the C-Check program. And the um, core of the C-Check program is the computer that's located on board every single boat we build. It's called the ISIS, Integrated Ships Information System. And what it essentially is is a, a computer hard drive that's monitoring the ship's systems and functions, pressures, temperatures, um, any alarms, and uh, actually monitors um, 64 different functions on the boat. And it's keeping a data record of snapshot in time every one minute of the boat's life of what do these parameters look like, and that's stored on a hard drive. Of course, we can access that if the captain allows us to remotely, so we can remote diagnostic a problem on the boat. But in terms of the sea check program, what we do is we send out a technician um, to the boat physically, and what he does is he'll do a um, over a thousand point inspection on the boat. Think of it as a um, a survey plus, because not only is he going to do a static um, di um, diagnosis of the entire yacht, he also takes it out for a sea trial and runs speed tests and RPM tests, and and um, takes that data coupled with the ISIS data. And remember, the ISIS was taking a snapshot of all the parameters every minute of the boat's life, so. It takes one year's worth of data there, along with the data that he's collected, and he brings it back to our labs here in the manufacturing facility. And we'll compare that boat to other boats that are similar. So we'll compare 
LSX 75, you know, hole number one to LSX 75, number two, three, four, five, six. And what we're looking for, um, we're creating a statistical mean for each one of these parameters. And what we're looking for are boats that are having issues outside of that. So, for instance, say one of the things we recognize is the battery charger on one of the boats seems to be running more often than the rest of the field, the mean average, the mean, not the average, the mean. So what that could tell us is that, you know, we need new batteries, again, some preventative maintenance there. Another thing might be we notice that the generator is running at a higher average temperature than the rest of the field. You know, it could be several things. Maybe it needs to replace its filters. Maybe the strainer needs to be cleaned. But what it's allowing us to do is peek into preventative maintenance there and avoid the, the problems down the road and, more importantly, in, in, um, avoid the hassles to the owner down the road. The uh, last unique thing about seat check, um, or I should say the last two unique things are this service is then documented in a hardbound book and put on the boat so that when that buyer goes to sell his boat again, each year he has this documented album, this book, um, that he can show to the potential next client. And so for the guy who's looking at a pre-owned Lazera to be able to see the history of this boat every minute of its life um, is just invaluable. It just is a, a good measure of how that boat's been maintained. Um, and it's uh, something that we have sold many boats um, without having to get sea trials and surveys because they've used that data uh, in place of that because it's much more comprehensive. And then lastly, it's recognized as bringing value to the product, and the recognition comes from um, our insurance company, ours, it's Chubb, our insurance policy, our fleet policy that's underwritten by Chubb. But nonetheless, they pay to have this done to our owners each year. Um, so to our owners, it's a, a free service under the Chubb policy. And the insurance company is paying to have the service done because they see value in having the manufacturer on that asset every year to be able to diagnose it and look at it. And um, it's just a, a great, phenomenal program that hasn't been duplicated. And, and, again, one of the keys to duplicating is you have to put that computer system on every single boat. And that's just something that people aren't doing and uh, still, aren't, still aren't doing. So... That's another unique, unique program, and part of the total careers was uh, in the marine insurance industry, actually, and uh, I'd never heard of anything quite like that. And Chubb's a, a great company, innovative, and uh, that's, this is a fantastic program for your owners. It's great. Yeah, it really is. It really is, and um, it's something that, uh, again, like I said, it hasn't been duplicated, and I don't know that anybody um, really has the motivation, desire, or potentially sees the uh, benefits to it. And again, that's just another source of information for us, our engineering, our product development, and our main guys on the on the floor to be able to build better product. So yeah. The information fantastic. is valuable. Yeah, fantastic. Um, that's great. You got some boat shows coming up that people actually, we can talk about this all day long. People can go to your website and go to YouTube and see all this stuff. But um, at the end of the day, it's uh, stepping on the deck of a boat and kind of uh, seeing, seeing in person the fit and finish and 
you know that that really sells these things i'm sure and is uh, what is the most impressive thing where can uh, where can somebody kind of check it out yeah that's right i don't think we've I look forward to the day when we can sell a boat over the Internet sight unseen. I don't think that's anytime soon. So the boat shows are still um, the number one source of both leads and sales for our, our company, and I would feel comfortable saying for our entire industry it's still primary source of sales and leads. For us, the Miami Boat Show um, down in Miami, Florida, is coming up, and that's the 12th of February through the 16th. And there's actually... Um, Believe it or not, two boat shows going on at the same time in Miami, and, and people generally refer to the whole event as the Miami Boat Show. But the Miami Yacht and Brokerage Show is located on Collins Avenue, which is a, um, a well-known street in Miami. Um, the Fountain Blue is a very famous hotel on, on Miami Beach. And we're directly across from the Fountain Blue Hotel on Collins Avenue um, at the Miami Yacht and Brokerage Show. For boats under 50 feet, there's also the Miami International Boat Show, which takes place in the um, Coliseum there, or the Convention Center, I should say. So depending on the, the size and, and style of boat you're looking for, if you're looking for 50 feet and over, which is where we'll be located, that's the Miami Yacht and Brokerage Show. And there's um, thousands, thousands of yachts at that show, and there's new boats, pre-owned boats, sailboats, motor yachts, trawlers, cruisers. There's something for everyone. We'll have eight boats on display ourselves and uh, LSX-75 and the brand-new LSX-92. Um, our motor yachts will have our 84 and our 116, as well as some pre-owned boats that we have. Um, we also sell pre-owned Lazeras, um, 68 and 80. But uh, there's something um, there for everyone, and... It's a, a major show for us. It's one of our, our key shows. Fort Lauderdale is maybe another boat show that people are familiar with. That's just sure. north, north of Miami, and that happened this past October. Um, you know, and from that show, we sold six boats. Um, so you, think you get an understanding of how valuable these, these trade shows are for us. But um, this one coming up, we're going to have all those products. Um, of course, we'll be debuting in Miami at least. Our new showcase, which is a new portable um, 7,003-story square foot mobile office that we developed this past October to bring the boat shows, but also to act as our sales facility there in Fort Lauderdale. And it's on a floating barge, 40-foot by 90-foot barge, that uh, we tow in to these boat shows, whether in Miami, Lauderdale, or West Palm Beach. And then... The other 350 days out of the year when it's not at a boat show, it's our retail office in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You can oh, actually wow. see pictures of the showcase on our LazaraYachts.com. If you go under Lazara Sales Showcase, you'll see the photos. It's a remarkable, remarkable develop, um, product that we built and, um, and engineered and designed ourselves. So it's neat. Very cool. Yeah, it's wild. And any any special announcements or anything like that? Any new products being launched or anything going on that people should know about? Absolutely. Yes, thank you for reminding me. I almost forgot. Um, we're going to be introducing a new motor yacht at this Miami Boat Show. And um, it's going to be a 76-foot motor yacht that's going to be implementing um, pod technology. Again, the 
pod technology, for those that don't know, is a different propulsion system that uh, companies have developed, I'd say, a handful of years ago. But most recently, um, Zeus, which is a Cummings Mercruiser diesel company, and Zeus is the product name, and maybe heard of that being used on smaller boats. But this will be introduced in a motor yacht for the first time, and um, it'll utilize three of them. So this is really a, a remarkable breakthrough in the yachting industry. And, you know, people are starting to understand what this product means, and, and some people have still never even heard of it. But in essence, um, if you haven't heard of it or seen it, you can see it on our website, but just I'll give a brief explanation. Think of it as a um, a typical motor yacht will have a shaft and propeller and a rudder, and they have for centuries. A pod drive um, is essentially, think of it like a lower unit on an outboard boat, but it's beneath the boat on a motor yacht, and the actual entire unit rotates, and um, not, not full 360, but it rotates left and right. And... Um, one of the unique things about it is that the maneuverability that it gives the motor yacht is just remarkable, and because of the entire lower unit being able to move. Um, another thing that it, that's probably one of the best-selling features um, of utilizing this technology is the efficiency gains. Um, you'll get a minimum of 30% efficiency. It means burning less fuel at, at equal RPM compared to a typical shaft propeller rudder installation. Um, the other things are things like it's a quieter unit. Um, the underwater exhaust, you have less fumes. The engines that are needed to push these pods are a lot smaller, so you can utilize a lot less horsepower because of the efficiency gain in the drive technology to push a motor yacht. So subsequently, the engine rooms which on motor yachts, I mean, those are it's valuable space. You're buying a multi-million dollar motor yacht, and nearly sure. a third of the lower deck is taken up with engines. You know, you start to realize that what are we going to be doing in the future to give more volume foot for foot in, in motor yachts? And this is the technology that's going to do it. So in a boat that we'll be building, the 76, for instance, you're going to gain nearly six feet to interior volume because the engine room will be that much smaller. And our LSX-92, our current, um, our most recent launch, we gained nine feet uh, wow. of reduced engine room size to be able to put in interior volume. And on the LSX-75, which utilizes pods as well, we gained almost seven feet. So you really start to see from a buyer's perspective how they go on these boats and they see how much more volume they have. So, you know, a 76-foot boat has the equivalent interior volume of an 85-footer and so forth. And so that's a real breakthrough in our industry, and you're just starting to see it um, permeate throughout our industry, mostly in smaller boats. And boats 50 feet and under have utilized the pod drives, and um, we're the first company to take that and our first introduction of pod drives was in a 76-footer and then a 92-footer, or a 75-footer, then a 92-footer, and now a 76-foot motor yacht. Mm -hmm. And it, um, we're still the only one doing multi-pod, so on uh, multi-pod meaning more than two, application 
for each one of those boats, the LSX having four pods and the, this new one having three. So it's a breakthrough in our industry. It, no doubt in my mind in another five years all boats will be pod boats. Um, your big cruise ships are all using as-a-pod drives. You may have heard that term. Um, but an as-a-pod drive is essentially the same type of technology, a pod-type installation. So it's not something that's new in boating, but it is new in the in the um, pleasure craft size that we're involved in. And then it's something that, like I said, is going to revolutionize our industry. In five years, all boats will have them. Do, um, does uh, the university... Um, excuse me, does the university help with, because uh, boat handling techniques would be significantly different, I would imagine, with this new technology than uh, the old technology, and you guys uh, help and train uh, captains and uh, the new owners with using this? Yeah, one of the, the things that the, the LYU takes place prior to the boat being done, so they're not going to get any um, run time on their boat, but that's one of the reasons we send our corporate captain with them for the uh, first three or four days of, of the boat um, being out on the water. One of the neat things about the pod is is you can teach somebody, to a novice, and this, you know, people hear me say this and they're like, yeah, right. But one of the, the things that we do when we see trial a prospect, you can teach a novice to dock this boat. And one of the, the things that we do when we take a client out, it's generally... Uh, you know, man and his wife and uh, significant other, and, and we'll let whoever's the um, less capable of the two, we'll train them right there on the spot to dock the boat. And when you have the uh, person dock the boat, it's remarkable to see how that helps solidify the, the um, confidence in the product in this new technology. It is literally amazing, this pod drive technology, how easy it is to do low-speed maneuverability and docking. And the reason for that is is these pods all feed to a joystick, one joystick. And the single joystick lever looks like an old arcade joystick lever, but you push it forward, the boat goes forward, you pull it back, it goes back, you push it left or to the port, and it goes to the port, you push it starboard, it goes starboard. You can rotate the dial as well, the joystick, you can rotate it clockwise or counterclockwise, and the boat will pirouette in its own, you know, turning circles right there. So the maneuverability with the pod drives is something that, that is extremely, extremely simple to learn how to, to do. So we would do that with the corporate captain and the client on the boat once they took delivery. Much easier than the old days, though. We're not really teaching how to drive a boat. I mean... Sure. Captains are certainly going to be licensed. But we are going to teach them about the unique characteristics of that system. Not a difficult one to learn, though, for sure. Great. Um, you um, you use social media quite a bit. We chatted about that briefly um, a little earlier. Um, and you're on Twitter, and that's how we actually met and arranged this interview. And Facebook and all the other kind of outlets out there. Um, what... Uh, from a corporate perspective, I'm interested in, and I think our listeners might be interested in, um, what impacts this might have had on the organization, um, or you know what your expectations might be for the future if the impacts haven't already been realized. So, what um, tell us a little bit about Lazar yeah, Yachts and know, social media. Social media, um, 
especially for our industry, is a, um, in its infancy, and it's just new. And I think for most industries, people are trying to understand how does it fit into business and how can we utilize it. And I think companies are kind of going through this blindly right now because it's just such a new development. But but for us, you know, I think the thing that, that uh, I stated before um, we don't have the luxury of being able to get people to the product or to the brand um, on every street corner or on, at every marina. You know, we, we just don't build that many products, and, and nor does any manufacturer of boats. For you know, the most that any of them are building are hundreds of units. You know, so we're not even talking thousands of units. So the brand exposure is limited just based on that. And for us, I believe the future um, for our clientele is something that uh, has been important from the beginning of time, and that's relationships. And, and you know, everyone says it's about relationship selling, and it is. But I got to tell you, when you're, when you're building somebody's dream and something that they've worked their entire life to be able to afford and it's something that they've aspired to, um, the relationship and the confidence that they're placing in your, your company, your family, to build their dream becomes that much more important. And so creating those relationships and sustaining them and utilizing them and maximizing them, um, those are going to be more critical than ever before. And so social media allows us um, a way to reach out and interact with our clients, um, people inside our industry, people outside our industry, but it allows us to network in ways that were never before um, imaginable. I mean, one of the things that uh, that certainly is, is new, and I'm, again, being third generation, is something that when I talk to my dad or my uncle, it's not necessarily something that they quite yet understand, but it is something that they do see that is the future in, and um, understand that somebody here needs to be involved in it. And that's one of the things that we've tried to take the lead in is being one of the manufacturers in our industry that's getting involved in these these networking social media aspects. Um, you know, somebody asked me, well, why, you know, why be on Facebook? And admittedly, you know, most of the contacts that we come across on Facebook are maybe old friends or, or family members. But look, at I've got nine of our owners who are on Facebook and part of my Facebook uh, group or page or whatever you call it. But, you know, they're posting pictures of their family and I'm posting pictures of mine and it, it, it allows us to foster that relationship. So the opportunity is there to build relationships. Um, you know, Twitter is something that to me is, is just one of the ultimate networking tools. And I think it's something, again, that's new and uh, it's new to the world, but it's definitely new to our industry. And I think the networking opportunities, and this is a perfect example of one you and I would have never met without Twitter. And so right. here's an opportunity to be able to network and, and collectively, collectively branch out into other market segments that we have never gotten our names into in other areas. And uh, I don't know where it's going to lead, but I know that um, from a standpoint of networking, I've, I've met four or five people that have helped further our company's objective, you know, of getting the brand out there, getting the product out there, getting it into people's circle 
uh, of influence that's outside of ones that we're involved in. And I think that's that's the opportunity, as I see it, is getting involved um, in other people's friends' circle of influence that Lazariats isn't even known in, and helping to be that person who creates or introduces the relationship to that next group. And it it's just exponential, right? So the more that you can foster this, and the best thing, as I see it, um, the the uh, potential for it is so huge, and it's it's in its infancy, and there's not a lot of people in our industry who are utilizing it. And so being a first mover and getting as much knowledge as you can so that three, four years from now, when somebody says, do you have a website? Of course, if somebody asks that today, I mean, if you say <laughs> no, you know, you're in the dark ages. Everyone's got a website. But fast forward, do you have a Facebook page? Do you have a Twitter? When they... Sure. When they, you know, say that five years from now, that's going to be the same thing. And I think you need to, I'm not suggesting all of these things will survive, but I do believe that many of them will in some form or another. And, you know, I, it's about building relationships. It's nothing new. It's not that. It's, we're, you know, the social uh, dimension of people hasn't changed any, right? We all are trying to reach out and communicate with others and create those relationships. And this is just another tool in which to do it. Absolutely, it's the um, it's also the message and not the medium. So I think you got a good a good handle on it. And it's interesting just to think about being a uh, a family um, run, you know, family owned business, and and stressing the importance of relationships. And basically, kind of uh, you wonder uh, that's probably probably been a little bit of your advantage in being able to kind of act quickly and and be a first mover or early adopter of these new technologies. So so it's I mean I. You, you've hit the nail on the head. We're, that's exactly it. We're a family business. Why would why would somebody want to buy a Lazariat over a Brand X? Well, because they're going to literally shake the guy's hand whose last name is Lazara and shake the guy's hand who designed it whose last name is Lazara and who's going to support it whose last name is Lazara. So it is a family business, and it's an advantage that we have over our competitors who are corporations and, and the, the transparency that we can offer that a corporation just would never, you know, I can't imagine some of these corporations, the challenges they have with, you know, their employees wanting to Twitter about business process or even wanting to blog about them. You know, the, the luxury that I have with the ability to be transparent on our blogs, which I am trying to be more and more with, and I think that's a huge advantage for us over our competitor because now it's not just a company building a multi-million dollar yacht. It has a soul. It has a personality. It has a face. You know who they are, You've, you know, and that's, that's key. And that's one of the advantages that we can offer that our competitors can't just by, as you stated, the fact that we're a family-owned business. Yeah, and even I mean, do, do we us in practice with this when we before we started recording this, we had a little conversation about some family issues. Uh, you're a, a dad of uh, um, three girls, and I got a couple young ones myself. So you know, we established our relationship based on things outside of uh, what we're talking about here. So it's it's all interesting how this uh, this stuff works. I have a couple questions for you. I'm talking about family. Um, your your grandfather founded the company was an avid sailor but i don't see any any sticks on any of these boats what's uh <laughs> when are you going to make a sailboat no kidding no kidding i'll tell you what um my my 
dad, Dick, was there, who's actively involved in business and is um, the head designer at our company. I mean, he's designed way more sailboats in his life than he has powerboats, and we've built way more sailboats in our lives collectively as a family than we have powerboats. But in uh, 19, I'd say about 1983, 1984, 1985, in that mid-'80s, sailboat market died literally overnight and um it was a tough time for our company at the time the company's name was golf star but we were transitioning ourselves we just put a new motor yacht out there and uh, at that time 1985 i believe it was and literally overnight the sailboat industry died and power boats were the next big great thing and i think um until we see a market demand for uh, sticks back on the boats, um, we're going to try and continue to build what the market wants. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of companies out there that are building sailboats that um, are certainly still in business and building some gorgeous sailboats. But but right now, clearly the market um, the market demand is for power boats, and I I just think it's uh, a lifestyle um, a time issue. I think people want to get on the boats use them, their time is limited, they don't necessarily have the dedication or the time to get on a sailboat and, and actively be involved in the, the um, journey from point A to point B. Um, but, hey, you know what, maybe people's lifestyles and demands in life and things and maybe with um, their perspectives are being changed lately and maybe you never know, 10 years from now, maybe we're building boats with sticks on them again. Sounds like you guys have your thumb on it, so it sounds like uh, you're not going to miss an opportunity there. Um, one other thing about your granddad, too, <clears throat> he has a, an interesting quote that I, that I, I think I uh, read it on the website. You want to tell us a little bit about, uh, about his quote? Sure. Yeah, it's on, our, uh, it's on our blog, but one of the things my grandfather used to tell us um, when I was little, I mean, he, he said it over and over again, was, God only gives you so many days, but the ones you spend at sea don't count against you. And, you know, his point was, and for those of us who've been out on sea, his point was, um, you know, there's nothing like being out on the water. And um, for the sailors, um, boaters out there, you wake up in the morning, you see a sunrise, or at the end of the day you're watching a sunset, or you're just out on the, on the boat, and you're anchored out, and you're just sitting there, and it, peace and the tranquility that overcomes you is just, it's remarkable. And uh, people that have been on the water know exactly what I mean, and I think they can appreciate what his point was when he said that. So it's a great quote, and I think uh, real boaters and people who've been out there can appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, I've known that for, I mean, I grew up on boats, and that's a very famous quote, and it's uh, it's cool to uh, actually uh, to know where it comes from and talk to you about it. So that's it's, it's definitely uh, one of my favorites. So where can we, um, let's just go over this again, where can we find more information about about Lazar Yachts on the, on the Internet? What's what's a place we should be looking at? Yeah, you want to go to our homepage, which is lazariats.com, L-A-Z-Z-A-R-A-Y-A-C-H-T-S, lazariats.com. And then... Um, down on there, you can find information on the product. Of course, if you're interested in some of the the um, blogging or the social networks or the YouTube um, account that we talked about, if you scroll down on lazariats.com to the left-hand side and you click Lazara blog, that'll take you to our blog, which has all the links 
for uh, the quote we just mentioned for the YouTube, um, to follow us on Twitter, to follow us on Facebook. So, LoserYachts.com, um, you can find what you need there. And what's your Twitter ID? At RLazera, R-L-A-Z-Z-A-R-A, at RLazera. Great, great. Anything else you uh, want to share with us today? Um, it's been fun and it's been great listening to uh, your uh, talking with you about the great history and um, and not only the great history but the amazing products you produce and the seems like incredible service you offer to your clients. So yeah, no, I I do I appreciate it. Um, it was neat um, the way we met, and it's neat to be able to finally talk. And um, want to thank you for the opportunity to do this and. Um, Let's just hope for a, a good boat show coming up and, um, you know, look for great things in 2009 from Lazera. We're going to be launching that one boat I mentioned, but we're going to be launching several other new things. So look for new things from Lazera this year. Good. We hope you come back and talk to us about those new things when, when those come online as well. We'd be very interested. That'd be great. Let's do that for sure. Let's do that. Great. Well, we wish you the best of luck uh, at the. Who are you betting for on the Super Bowl? You're not going, but who are you who are you, who are you looking at? I am going to be rooting for. Uh, I'm rooting for Kurt Warner specifically, uh, okay. the man of character. So I'm going to be rooting for Kurt Warner. Therefore, the Arizona Cardinals, and I do think they're going to win. So I'm an okay. Arizona fan for this weekend, at least. There you go. There you go. Well, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much for uh, for. Um, Spend some time with us. Thanks, Peter. Lily Was Here by Dave Stewart and his Rock Fabulous Orchestra came from the Podsafe Music Network. Last uh, podcast, episode 32, we played Dave Stewart's American Prayer in honor of Barack Obama becoming the 44th President of the United States. And uh, you might remember Dave Stewart um, being the front man from the Arrhythmics, so it's pretty cool he's on the Podsafe Music Network. I hope you enjoyed learning about the Lazara story as much as I enjoyed talking to Rich. It's a great it's a great story, really, and they're doing great things down there, and uh, we wish them the best. If you want to be like Rich and get on the podcast here, we'd love to hear from you. So you can send us an email at podcast at messingaboutinships.com. If you attach an audio file to it, uh, we'll figure out a way to integrate it into the show. This is social media, so it's all about a conversation. We'd love to have you engaged and involved. So let's hear. Let's. There's no excuse not to hear from you. Um, in addition to that, you can leave a post a comment uh, here uh, at our show blog which is messingaboutinships.com you can go over to John's uh, blog which is uh, gcaptain.com he's got lots of exciting things going over there for Mariners the blog, the Mariner tools, the forum so make sure you check all that great stuff out get me at seafever.org and that's S-E-A-F-E-V-E-R dot O-R-G 
and uh, or you just Google me uh, and Sea Fever blog, and you should find me pretty easily. So any one of those ways, please get in contact with us and let us know what you think about the show and uh, if you have any future ideas about topics. We're going to close with another piece of Podsafe music. It comes from the great band, uh, the great Podsafe band, Black Lab, and the song is Ecstasy. So thank you very much for being with us this week, and we look forward to being with you again next week. Everybody